You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 146 of Take a Bell. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and this week, as always, we have a very exciting episode. I'm very excited for this one. Uh, if you couldn't tell, I talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, wasn't sure if it was actually going to happen this week, but we got it done. Very exciting. We have the incredible Sierra Bogus on the show today. So excited to talk to her about her career. Uh, she's currently out in L.A., uh, doing a production of The Secret Garden at the Amundsen Theater. So if you're out there, go check it out. I hear it's incredible. Um, the Secret Garden is obviously a show that we talk about a lot on this podcast, as I did a production of it, um, and we've had some guests on it. And some of those guests that I did Secret Garden with are currently doing it with her over in at, in L.A. at the Amundsen. So uh, very exciting stuff. Uh, can't wait for you all to listen to this week's episode. So before we actually even talk about Broadway news this week, I have something fun that I would like to share that I'm personally working on at the moment. Um, I've talked a lot about wanting to produce something um, and talked about being a producer here on the podcast, especially recently. Um, even in this week's episode, I actually talk about it. But uh, I'm thrilled to officially and finally announce that I will be making my producing debut, actually, in a new project that I'm working on called Truth, a biofictional choreo poem. So um, I'm very excited about it. I'm working with some of my Trevor fam uh, from Trevor the Musical. And uh, to be making a, my producing debut is super exciting for me. And um, as I said, it's called Truth. And if you didn't uh, pick up on that, it is about the life of Sojourner Truth. So i um, very excited to be a part of this. Very excited to bring this story to more voices. Uh, the more that I work on this and kind of research all of this, it's just wild uh that this story hasn't been isn't like universally known um her story is absolutely inspiring and i can't wait to you know amplify her voice and her story so um if you all want to learn a little bit more about it feel free to message me but also i would love it if you followed us on instagram at truthplay.org or look us up on facebook which will probably be uh even better um and more up to date um and it's that you can find at truth colon a bio dash fictional choreo poem so like choreographer fee poem um all one word choreo poem so uh yeah check us out and uh if you want to get involved whatever it is feel free to message me i'd love to talk to you about it something that i've really become passionate about lately um and uh yeah just thrilled to announce it and we will be looking for people to get involved and people to to help uh you know do whatever raise funds uh an extra set of hands, whatever it may be. Uh, we're looking at starting readings and all the things. So I'm very excited to kind of mesh history with Broadway. It's not like Hamilton at all. It's going to be like a play with music. So uh, for those of you who saw um, 
for colored girls it's gonna be a kind of that type of thing so it's got some like rhythmic text but it's not quite like a full out musical there's a little bit of song a little bit of background uh, music or whatever it may be um and obviously like a little bit of dancing and all the things so uh but it's gonna be a play uh and uh yeah that's what we have going on right now and i'm very excited about it so uh feel free to check it out on those socials or reach out to me directly all right with that being said we got to talk about some broadway news it is that time of year where uh broadway is just full of uh craziness and uh, it's it's a lot there's a lot going on there's a lot to get through there's a lot to cover um and you know it's times like these it's time of the years like these where it's just so exciting to to have this thing and have an outlet to talk about these things um with all of you so very exciting stuff let's get into it happy first performance to the companies and the creative teams over at shucked at bob fossey's dancing and happy opening night of parade which is tomorrow or i guess today as you're listening to this it's today um on thursday march 16th very exciting stuff opening of parade um on broadway where i will actually be at i'll actually be covering that and, and talking to our faves you know michaela diamond queen uh ben platt king are you kidding me um i'm so excited so uh and, and a bunch of other fantastic people so can't wait to talk uh to them you know fa- uh, other take about family members such as uh douglas lyons and jay armstrong johnson and uh you know all the faves so very exciting stuff uh, as well as, I just want to reiterate a happy opening, I believe I mentioned this last week, to the cast and creative teams over at A Doll's House, which is uh, which opened last th- Thursday or Friday. Um, I was actually at that opening night. Very exciting stuff. Sorry, I'm losing track of my days. Uh, but they opened last week, and they're officially open. And uh, I, I'm seeing the show tomorrow in between covering the whole... Uh, opening night of parade so very excited to uh just to experience it all and uh the cast was incredible to talk to uh jessica chastain is a sweetheart and the entire rest of that cast was just an absolute joy and and the way that uh you, when you listen to the episode we have it coming out on youtube uh sometime this week so stay tuned on our social for that update um but the whole cast you totally have the, understand the feeling and the relationship that they have with each other um, and how important they are to one another and the importance of creating that relationship so that it can translate to the stage. Um, it was really cool to, to talk to them about it all and uh, the importance of this show opening at, at this time. So um, very exciting stuff. And uh, yeah, happy opening to and first performances to all of those fantastic shows. And I'm sure this won't be the last of us talking about them. Um, with that being said, we're going to move on. And, and I mentioned a doll's house opening over at the Hudson. We have some very exciting news of a brand new show that's going to be coming to the Hudson after a doll's house, uh, closes here on Broadway. Uh, it was announced that merrily we roll along found its home. They are going to be going into the Hudson theater on, uh, they will be opening over at the Hudson Theater on September 19th, which is super exciting. It's my mom's birthday, so I'll be uh, that one I can remember for sure. Uh, happy birthday present to my mother. And uh, yeah, that that's that. 
Um, we have some casting news this week. We have two little bits of casting news. Actually, we can talk about three casting news. Um, two of them are for a new show, and one is for a show that's already out and a move that I just never saw coming. So it was announced that Jennifer Samard and Adam Godley will be joining Aisha Jackson, Justin Guarini, and Briga Helen in Once Upon a One More Time, the Britney Spears musical. So that's exciting. Uh, we love a Jennifer Samard on Broadway moment. Broadway does not feel uh, half as funny without her on Broadway. It doesn't even matter if you're seeing her in the show or not. Just Broadway in general. You know, it's a funnier place with Jennifer Samard on it. Uh, very exciting. And then take a bow family member, Dana Steingold, uh, who we had on from the cast of Beetlejuice and Avenue Q and all the things. Um, she is going to be joining uh, a fellow Beetlejuice cast, uh, I guess, ex-cast member, Sophia Ann Caruso, in The Cottage on Broadway. So that's very exciting. Uh, that cast looks amazing, and they've added some stacked people, but we're not going to talk about the whole cast. It's a lot of work and a lot of time, So um, and a lot of probably mispronunciations because i don't know how to pronounce names uh which we've all figured out but that's okay um we have one more news um from the casting uh announcements this week and this one was like actually so hard for me to see um i've come on here a million times and raved about how much i love miles frost in the iconic role of michael jackson it was announced that he will be departing from MJ the Musical on April 2nd. So you only have three weeks to catch the Tony Award winner of this past season, Miles Frost, in MJ the Musical as Michael Jackson. So very upsetting here because I'm obsessed with his performance and he is someone that I idolize and um, was just kind of blindsided by this news because i didn't know it was coming i believe he has something in the works obviously um this man i feel like could be working for the next 300 years if he wanted to um honestly he's just so talented there's so much talent but i was really excited to see that uh the person stepping into the role of mj to replace miles frost is going to be elijah ray johnson and he'll be stepping into the role on april 4th and for those of you who don't know a little bit about elijah um he actually played middle michael in the developmental productions of the show. So um, Elijah will now get the chance to make his Broadway debut as Michael Jackson, um, which is just so exciting. And it's someone who already has a connection with the show. They all know what he could do. So obviously they completely trust him in the role. You know, it was one of those roles like Michael Jackson. It was like, who's going to play this guy after Miles Frost? You know, Miles Frost. But before the show even started, it was like, who's going to play Michael Jackson? Like, that's got to be so hard. Um, and then Miles Frost came out and did it and like freaking did it. Um, and then it was like, oh, like he can never leave the show. Who who would play him now? And uh, they found him and they found Elijah and they brought him back to play adult Michael Jackson. And uh, I'm so excited. And it's someone that, uh, you know, as I said, they trust and they have that connection. And he already has that connection with Michael and um, has that relationship. And it's something that he's been working on for quite some time because it takes a long time to develop a musical. So he already has that relationship with the character. So I think it'll be really great. Uh, I think it'll be 
very cool to see someone else in the production. Uh, so congratulations to uh, to Elijah Ray Johnson in making your Broadway debut in such a iconic role. Um, and uh, I just can't wait. He had big shoes to fill, and I have no doubts that he can do it. So very exciting stuff. Um, we have a new, a new date for the Wicked movie, which I know we are all super excited for. And when I say a new date for the Wicked movie, I do mean part one. There was no new date announcement for part two. Yes, that's right. Wicked the movies, if you didn't know, um, they are split into two different parts, um, which is wild. And, you know, maybe an act one, act two moment. Um, but they're making us wait like a full year. Anyways, I digress. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was It's good, exciting news because uh, they did move the part one release date up a whole month. Uh, so it's going to be now be uh, instead of the Christmas holiday, it's going to be around Thanksgiving uh, on November 27th of 2024. So um, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. We can all be thankful for the Wicked movie. <laughs> um, yeah, so the cast is super excited. And that was announced this week and thought I would mention it. Um and, and for our final piece of news, I mean, I, I left it for our last piece of news because of what was happening in today's episode. Um, Sierra Bogus, who has been in multiple productions of Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber's work. Um, he was she was in School of Rock, Love Never Dies, Phantom of the Opera, many productions of Phantom of the Opera. And uh, so she has a very special relationship with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Actually, Andrew Lloyd Webber is literally like on record saying that Sierra Bogus is his favorite uh, Christine Day. So, um, I mean, name a better compliment. I'll wait um it's pretty incredible so uh it, it was really cool to talk to her about uh what phantom means to her and the closing of it all but with that being said i know the show is closing next month believe it or not which is crazy because it seems like so far away just a couple uh i guess weeks ago um but yeah it, it's coming and he's already teasing to all of us broadway fans uh that uh phantom is already working on a revival he's saying that he just thinks it's a good idea for the show to rest a little bit and uh you know this show's been around for so long that it can't keep them away for too long and that there's a whole new generation of phantoms waiting to be discovered. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, interesting that he's already teasing it before the show even closes for a revival to open back up. Um, but hey, he's doing it. And uh, I mean, I don't know. You, you love it or hate it. It's it's a it's Broadway history. It is. It's the biggest show on Broadway, uh, longest running show on Broadway. So it'll always mean something uh, to Broadway and to us fans. Um, you know, it's kind of like weird not thinking of, uh, or it's kind of weird thinking of Broadway with no Phantom. So um, at this point, it's kind of just a nostalgic factor. Um, but yeah, very cool nonetheless. So that's all I have for this week's Broadway news. With that being said, we're going to throw it over to a good friend of Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber and now someone who's a part of the Take a Bow family, which is super cool. So without further ado, Sierra Bogus, curtain up. <laughs> 
This week, it is my honor to welcome one of Broadway's most beloved leading ladies. Uh, she is a multi-award-nominated actress who has been in five Broadway shows, including Phantom of the Opera, The Little Mermaid, School of Rock, and many more. Uh, you probably have seen her. She's performed all over the world on some of the biggest stages on Broadway, in Vegas, the Hollywood Bowl, uh, in London, Carnegie Hall. I mean, you name it. She is currently even uh, performing at one of the most famous theaters in the United States, which is over in LA at the Amundsen Theater. So I'm very excited to chat with you. And it is my pleasure to welcome to Take a Bow, Sierra Bogus. How are you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Oh my God, you're so welcome. You're so cool. Look at that little uh, look at that little bio of yours that you've uh, had quite the career of building. It's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, for sure. You, it's got to be so cool, and and doing it kind of like all over the world, uh, it's got to be uh, you know it's so different, but all the same, and it's got to be cool seeing the new sights and all the things. So, uh, how is it out in LA right now? You know, it's rainy for some reason. I don't know why. It's like everybody's like, come to LA for the weather, but it's it's rainy. It's snowing right now, so uh, here in New York, so I, I don't mind the rain. I get I like the snow though. Um, well, listen, the way I usually like to start these things, I like to talk to people that come on and ask them like, how did we get here? Like, what was the first thing we start at the beginning? Like, what was the first thing that you kind of remember of like, oh yeah, this is what I want to do, and it inspired you to like want to perform and tell stories? Yeah, it's that's always a tricky question for me to answer because I don't remember the like aha <laughs> moment. Uh huh. Um, I I it still is like yeah I I don't know I just I guess it's that thing that's like it's it's always been within me I suppose um but I I didn't I didn't think that I was gonna do this for my living wow. um when I was little I I didn't really I don't know it's weird um, but so it just sort of happened. I always knew, like, I loved being in my school shows and doing, like, um, uh, being part of my, like, drama club and that stuff. So for sure, my high school drama teacher had a major influence on me in that way. And it was, it it was really like, I think, the feel of community um, that the thing that made me love this or you know I think we're always looking for places to belong and for some kids it is like your drama program is like oh these are all of my people um and certainly if you have like somebody who is like facilitating that I think that's um that that and to this day is is what it is it's the it's the feel of the community and um yeah it's more than like the, I'm not somebody who's like, oh, the applause fuels me or though it does at the same time, you know, it's, I miss applause during the, during the pandemic, but you know, like, yeah, I love, I just love the, I always loved being a part of like, of that, of, of that, like with, in my high school and in, in my theater program at school, you know, stuff like that. So what was it like? Was there like a job or something that like you just ended up stumbling upon that kind of like 
cemented that like oh this is what i'm gonna do with my life kind of thing um no i i just no (laughs) i think it was when i was looking at going to college i knew i wanted to go to college and i don't remember why i wanted to do a degree in musical theater but once i made the decision that that's what i want to major in then that's when it was like, this is what I'm going to do because I, I never, it wasn't a fallback. It was just sort of a direction. So I don't know why I really don't remember why that was. <laughs> um, but it, it definitely was like when I was looking for colleges and looking to major in musical theater, that's when it became like, there was just no turning back. Totally. Well, I think I can speak for everyone listening that we are all very happy that that was the direction that you took because we have been blessed with so many wonderful performances uh, from you uh, that we wouldn't have gotten if you didn't decide to take that direction. So, um, yeah. Um, So let's talk about... uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you want to start at Phantom? Do you want to start at Little Mermaid? Uh, we could start with either one, but I, I'm curious to talk to you about both of them. I mean, one was your Broadway debut, and then Phantom was like your first like professional show. Um, do you do you have one that you would like to start out with? Uh, I mean, I guess Phantom because it that was my first uh, that was my first leading lady role. Um, I did Phantom in Vegas, uh, and that's how I met Hal Prince and Jilly, Jilly Lynn, who oh. just, you know, influenced me so much. And even from, you know, the other side, they continue to. So I think that was pretty extraordinary. Uh, and then from that is when I auditioned for Little Mermaid. And so then, um, yeah, after Phantom was, was Mermaid. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about Phantom, because, I mean, Phantom has been in your life uh, for quite some time, and it's something that just continues to, like, find ways back into your life. Um, And and like you said, it was your first leading lady role. Maybe is is that, like, the connection that you've kind of formed with not only, like, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber and, like, everyone involved in the company, but also the character Christina herself? Is that something that continues to bring you back? Like, what is it about Phantom that you're – it's just something – it's so beautiful that you've kind of developed with the relationship to the show and character. Um, I, well, I think the show is pretty incredible. Obviously that's why it's lasted so long. Um, why it's the longest running show. on Yeah. I think because people really respond to it and it's such a, like it's psychologically a very fascinating love story. Um, and and it is the music and it is the the yeah. characters and the connection and the soul connection that they have to each other and all of that that stuff so i think that's why people um but it it really is the ultimate like underdog story and the ultimate like this person loves him in spite of who he is i think that's why people uh gravitate towards him and to her and it's interesting how they don't really gravitate towards Raoul um who who doesn't do anything wrong um but I think it just speaks to like humans we 
I don't know when it's in a musical, it's like this heightened form of something. So of, I, I don't know. So <clears throat> it's definitely an interesting character to play, playing Christine in over many years um, that I, that I played her, the more you are, you know, you grow as a, as a person outside of this show. So then you can bring more of your life experience to it and stuff like that. I, I didn't think of it, Christine, so deeply, you know, I just loved singing the role when I first did it in Vegas, but I didn't fully understand her. I don't think I, I know I didn't um, Sure. much later. So, uh, so, so yeah, it's just a, just, there's a lot of, um, nutrients in that show and and in that character so it is something you can revisit many times and still get something out of absolutely um it's cool to hear you kind of talk about like growing as a person alongside of you know portraying a character um because you know i feel like as actors you kind of you can't really portray someone else without going through your own personal experiences, you know, to draw from those experiences and to really understand all of them. So um, that's got to be pretty cool to watch that relationship grow um, for you and to find those new things. I'm curious as well, as I mentioned, you know, you, you, well, you mentioned too, uh, you performed the show in London and Vegas and Broadway, all the things. Do those kind of, I know it's the same show, but like in ways, are there any like changes to to the show? It, obviously, like scene partners change, um, but is like any of the blocking different? Like that you kind of have to like retrain your brain for for those new productions. Um, I mean, Vegas was different because it was only ninety minutes, so it was it was very different. Mm-hmm. But the like classic blocking of it wasn't different um and broadway in london because it's they were they were um when it was the original production they're still taken care of by jillian howe but jillian howe for all those years would change their minds on things so certain things like uh the choreography is slightly different but pretty much you're doing the same thing um but it is it's great to do it um, to do the same show uh, with people like Jillian Howe, I think that's why this show also was so successful is because they they took such care of it. I mean, literally until their dying day. Like, mm. they were there for every cast change. And they were there, you know, breathing life into this. And it just, that that's unprecedented. Um, all over the world. The last time that I was going to do the show was in Paris and they both were there on day one of rehearsal. You know, they flew to Paris and uh, to give the first speech on what, what this show is and stuff. It's just like that, that's, that's really powerful. Mm. Yeah, it it really, I mean, your connection with the show and and I don't know, it's just the amount of times that it's continued to come in your life, not only like the show, but also just like Christine, because then you ended up playing Christine in another like show. Like, how, how cool is that? And also, I mean, you, you 
that was like the first time I guess you co-starred with Rami and Karim Lou, who you've developed such lovely chemistry with and is like still to this day so so many people's like favorite duo like of on Broadway and like of a, a, a performance so, so talk to me about kind of like that going to love never dies and staying with the character but in like some sort of new show mm-hmm. well we um that was I had only done the show one time before. I had only done it in Vegas. So Love Never Dies right. was really only like a couple years after that. So um, yeah, getting to do that show, which carries on Phantom, then you understand the characters even deeper because there's been you know a, a show written about what happens after the show that we know. So it definitely answers some questions because Phantom of mm. the Opera, the classic, doesn't, it, it leaves the audience filling in a lot of the blanks. Um, and Love Never Dies answers those questions, a lot of them. So, um, yes, yeah, so that definitely uh, played a huge part into them when I revisited Phantom again for the 25th that Ramina and I did in London um, yeah. because he and I created those characters together for Love Never Dies, then we both were on the same page. Um, mm. so I think that's why people respond to that chemistry because we know only he and I know at that point what that was. So um so yeah, I think that's what people respond to. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not only just the chemistry and the relationship that you kind of built, but just like, I could listen to y'all sing together like forever, you know, like for uh, on loop. Um, it's just so beautiful. Both of your voices are so like different, but they mesh beautifully and both so unique. It's just, it's so incredible. Um, so we love it. We love it all. Um, well, I'm curious because now, I mean, you mentioned that uh, Phantom, it, like obviously has had so much success and is like the longest running Broadway show, but it is closing this year. So I, I did want to ask you, you know, like I, I don't know Broadway without phantom at the majestic um i don't know new york without the phantom at the majestic theater um so i'm curious to you i have touched upon it on here that like how i'm feeling about it but i'm curious to just hear what's going through your head with you know this iconic show that's been so involved in your life that is closing yeah i feel the same i don't i don't know new york without phantom there I think it's going to be weird. Like there's definitely going to be an adjustment period. That's, it'll be weird. Like seeing another marquee there. Um, It's right. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely an adjustment. It's just like this sort of incredible staple that we just, you know, we just assumed is always going to be there. So there's a lot of feeling about it. And, um, it's like regardless of my personal involvement of it, just like what that represents for theater and, you know, where we're at and nothing can last forever. It just can't. So it's um, right. going to be, it's sad, you know, and I was so close with Jilly and with Hal and 
it just feels like we're, you know, I just feel like spiritually, it's like we're saying, we're fully saying goodbye in that way to them because that was their home for years, you know, and that's their show. That right. They so um, I don't think about myself there. I think about that. I think about, you know, that, that, that um. deep. so um, yeah, it's, it's going to be tricky in, in a month, you know, when it, when it closes. <laughs> that's that's gonna be tricky it's gonna be tricky for a lot of people for sure um yeah i mean truly it's one of those shows that like you said you just thought was it, it was just always there like i hate to admit it i've actually seen i've never seen phantom on broadway um i've seen like other productions of it or, and the tour and everything but i've always been like oh it it's there. Like, it's not going anywhere. Um, so I think a lot of people are kind of feeling that. And it's kind of like hitting, as you said, it's only a month away. And, um, you know, it's just one of those, it, it's crazy, this new wave of Broadway that we're starting to see and, and how Broadway is changing, you know, all these classics and it's it's wild. Yeah. Um, but so sad. Mm-hmm. So uh, thanks for sharing that. Uh, it's cool to see, hear you talk about, you know, the relationships that y- you formed and that's kind of what is hardest for you. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about The Little Mermaid. So I'm, I'm actually really excited to talk about The Little Mermaid with you. Um, we shared a home. I was in Finding Neverland at the Fontaine. Um, so I know the theater very well. And uh, I obviously that was a home for you for for some time. Um, I'm curious, you know, that's your Broadway debut. Um, <laughs> leading lady, I know you had some experience with Christine that I'm sure was helpful. But there's added pressure, I'm sure, right, for it to just be like, oh, you know, Broadway, you know, and everything that comes with that and to be a Disney princess on Broadway. So tell me, what what do you remember like your first Broadway bow? Like run me through just the the new to Broadway kind of s- stuff that you kind of went through. Yeah, I remember my the first preview, which is more nervous than opening night because first preview is it's done like it doesn't matter that you sure. have officially opened you're in front of an audience so I remember that um I remember that very well and I remember when the curtain came down at um after the curtain call and my director Francesca Zambello who it was also her Broadway debut and she came onto the stage wow. and um hugged me while the while the curtain was down and we just like held each other for a very long time crying and um because oh. it was a big yeah it's a big feat um yeah I remember that mm-hmm. and yeah I remember I, I definitely remember the pressure and not luckily not understanding fully the pressure until I can look back on it and be like that was a lot of pressure but mostly that I was putting on myself. Um, I remember mm. sitting in the audience um, during tech and I was sitting by myself watching one of the scenes, you know, being teched and, and my director came up to me and she said, it's lonely on top, isn't it? And 
I remember my throat and was like, wow, nobody's ever articulated that. And I didn't realize, um, and I wasn't alone, but it is lonely because you have to sacrifice so much in order to do your job in that way, especially, you know, representing Disney. Um, You don't want to be the one to ruin that Disney character for people. And you have a Mm. millions and millions of dollars on your back, you know, when you're the title of something. And, but that's what I wanted to do. So it was, it's a great honor um, to be somebody who's gotten to have that amount of pressure and handle it. That is the stuff that I love. And that's the stuff that's like, that I want to be made of, you know, it's like, yes, it's a lot of pressure. Yes. It's all the things. And yes, it's, it's really extraordinary. And it is that thing of like to, to whom much is given much is required. And that is absolutely true. Um, So you do make sacrifices and you do them because it's, that's what you want to do. And you wouldn't, I wouldn't change that for the world. And I had some of the greatest humans that are still my dearest friends, Sherry and Norm and Sean Palmer and Derek and Titus. Like, you know, I was not alone. Um, Just the most incredible group of, of people. Yeah, and especially like someone like Norm Lewis. I mean, you you guys actually went on to play like it together in Phantom, but I'm sure like you know as you're doing your Broadway debut, it's kind of it's got to be nice to have some sort of veteran presence by you to maybe like help those nerves or help whatever you may be going through. Um, Was there anything like that, that you were able to, to have in the cast of someone kind of like showing you the ropes kind of thing? No, there wasn't a showing the ropes because you can't really with that. I I didn't, it wasn't that it was just the, just the friendship. So it's just like hanging out together and like getting ready for the show together honestly I would get ready in Sean's room with him <laughs> I had my own dressing but we would get ready together just because we were so close and we needed each other to help like get through when it gets really really tough so yeah just the friendship yeah interesting um well on stage in the little mermaid you got to wear these fun little heelys that you got to like swim around in kind of thing um talk to me about that because like that's kind of something that you don't really well you don't see on stage too often and i know you have a history with uh figure skating and everything so kind of combining the two not really but like kind of at the same time uh how fun was that to to just have fun on stage and and glide and all these things to move yeah it was really fun because that was a cool language that we spoke for the underwater world so it was fun to figure that out um i had never used heelys before and figure skating helped me (laughs) in just that your feet are moving one way and your upper body is doing a whole other thing. So that was really helpful. Um, yeah, it didn't, it didn't scare me. I, I really liked it. It's very, yeah, it's fun. It's fun when that's, what's so great about 
live theaters, you know, you, you're coming up with a way to, to make underwater a language on stage. You know, we don't have CGI. Yeah. It's like, this is what we're doing to make it look like we're underwater. And I just think that's really, really cool. It's so cool. And the way that it all came together, it was just absolutely brilliant. Um, and so fun. Like, you know, you like really felt like you you forgot, you know, that it was humans playing like mermaids and fish and like all the things. Uh, it's just so fun. It's such a cool, fun show to to be a part of. Yeah. Um, I'm curious that since we, you know, I kind of talked about figure skating, um, you know, I know you outside of like performing and everything, you, you enjoy, you know, figure skating and doing marathons and stuff like that. How important, like performers are athletes and there's no doubt about that. Like how important do you feel that it is to have some sort of uh, another outlet that you can do for, for your mental and physical state um, as a performer, just finding another form of, you know, endurance, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's vital. I think we discovered that during the pandemic when it was all taken away and it was like, yeah, and that's when I started really, that's when I fell back into skating um, was because I didn't have my performing outlet anymore. And the, I guess there is something that's like, you miss the putting yourself in high pressure situations. And so I, I am somebody who does believe that performers are athletes. A lot of people now are like, no, it's not, it's different, but I, I disagree. And I think, um, for, for myself, I really, it is my opinion that we are athletes and, we miss being in situations that are high stakes. And I, I think it is, you know, cause we're not performing a hundred percent of the time. So if you're not on stage and you still have that drive, then what is the thing? What is that outlet for you? I think, and it's a, and a physical outlet like that, like, yeah. And like running the New York city marathon, it's like, yeah, that's something I want to do, but I know I can't do that if I'm in a show. I'm not somebody who could. Um, I wouldn't want to. Sure. Of course I could, but I don't want to. I don't want to, to do both because then something's got to give because like you can't be 100% of yourself in both things. You, something's got to give. So doing the marathon mm. when I know I didn't have a show, so it's like, okay, let's do that. Or going into um, uh, figure skating competition when I knew I didn't have a show so I could go and compete. Um, but I can't compete like right now I can't or I'm not training for a marathon right now because I'm sure. Oh, and you know, things like that. So you do sacrifice. But I think if people find another thing that they love, then just know that's like, make sure that you make that a priority if you're not doing your like main thing or whatever you know yeah absolutely yeah it's theater you know especially at this industry we it was you know it's hit or miss you know we have to have it doesn't like define who we are as a person and we have to find other things to to you know keep ourselves going because you know as performers we don't like to sit still <laughs> um even though we probably should and we should probably rest but uh you know 
we're we're stubborn. Um, so talk to me about the Secret Garden, which you're currently doing at the Amundsen Theater right now in Los Angeles. Um, I mean, how cool is it to be a part of this production? This cast is fantastic, um, and you've been in several productions already. So like, what what does it kind of mean to you to to be a part of this particular production, and and what can people expect that may be different from another production that they've seen? Um, well, for me, this is the first production of Secret Garden I've ever done. I only did the concert at Lincoln Center seven years ago, um, which was just a oh. version. So it was and that was directed by Stafford Arima, um, and totally different. This is the reimagined, you know, revival of Secret Garden that Warren Carlisle has directed that I was a part of the workshop of um, five years ago. So for me personally, to finally get to bring this to the stage is really, really um, huge for me. I love this piece so much and I've been waiting and waiting to do this production. So um, that, first of all, I'm just very glad to be a part of. And yeah, this is, I, I just, I love this story. And I think it's a really worthy story to tell right now in the world. Um, and the score with uh, that Lucy Simon wrote, mm. my biggest sadness is that she's not here to um, have seen it, but she's, she is still with us. I can, I feel her all the time. And it's fascinating playing Lily because I always thought of, um, Lucy as Lily when she was alive and she thought of herself as Lily as well and now she you know is in the spirit world I believe and is you know she knows that I'm here to carry this forward for her so it's it's a mm. you know spiritual uh, opportunity as well yeah I have no doubt that she's watching it every night with y'all um that's got to be so cool i love the show i was able to do the same time that you were doing the lincoln center production there was another production going on where rebecca luker was reprising her role and i was in that production so it was cool to be kind of involved in this world and kind of play in it with rebecca and lucy and everyone involved so it's got to be really cool for you to to really kind of revisit it in a full production manner uh with so many fantastic uh people that that uh, you're co-starring with so um very exciting stuff i wish i was out in la that i could go see it um I want to ask you actually about Ali Ewald too um and and performing alongside of her uh I she was also in that production that I just mentioned with me and so and of course she played Christine and there's been a lot of overlapping so what is it like to you know kind of play with her on stage so she and I have known each other one of my first jobs out of school and hers as well was Les Mis on the road so we've known each other since 2005 oh we were both Cosette understudies on tour oh that's so cool yeah so she's been one of my dearest friends for you know decades feels like almost two decades um actually it is (laughs) so yeah we've we have um been friends for a very long time um and it's so it's great we haven't done a production together since Les Mis so getting to do this production is really really special 
she's she's an a, an amazing person and an amazing soprano and yeah she's um yeah <laughs> yeah she's awesome um shout out Ali uh we love that well I mean this this has been so cool to to talk to you about your career if you're cool I want to ask I want to do like a little rapid fire like little favorite game yeah, yeah. if that's cool and then I'll let you go yeah cool um well I called this my favorite things from like the sound of music a few of my favorite things um okay so talk to me about your favorite instrument i i know you're in school of rock so i have to throw in a little school of rock question here so what's your favorite instrument i would say the cello my sister plays the cello and i think that's one of the like most beautiful instruments ever oh the cello okay what's your favorite broadway cast recording uh that's hard i i guess i would it's i have a hard time picking a favorite but i would go with the one i wore out in college which was aida with Sherry and Heather and Adam Pascal. Oh, yes, please. We can we can have that on repeat for sure. Um, what's your favorite costume that you've ever worn? Uh, that's hard too, because I have really worn some of them. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but I I would say the one I'm wearing right now, um, the one I'm wearing in Secret Garden as a ghost, as as a spirit, it's made out of the most incredible silk like it's uh, the the um the thread is finer than human hair so it's like it literally floats it's like it's almost like it's made out of like spirits it really is incredible. oh my god yeah it's really stunning yeah that sounds beautiful are you kidding me that's so cool um okay well broadway backwards just happened last night so i'm curious do you have a favorite character or someone that you really want to play uh, that you you can't, I guess? <laughs> Aaron Lemons. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That is perfect. I would so be down to see that. Give me tickets. I'll produce it. I'll, I'll do it. We'll make it happen. I love it. All right. Well, that's my favorite things. Um, thank you so much for, for playing. And thank you for coming on here because this is just a, a real treat. So I really appreciate it. And it was so nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you too. Thank you for having this platform. It was it was so great to have this conversation. Yeah, of course. And everyone, please go check out. This is the final weekend. Please go check out uh, The Secret Garden at the Amundsen Theater if you are out there in LA. And if not, book flight and uh, book a ticket. So go see it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Take about... Oh. Take a bow, Sierra Boggess. Oh my gosh, such a fun episode. Uh, talking to her about what it was like to, what kind of phantom means to her and all the different types of productions that she's been in and uh, all the things. It was really, really cool to hear and her relationship to the show and what it was like to, you know, be with Ramin, Karim Lou, um, and, and the relationship that she's built there. Uh, it was just all super cool and, and, and very, um, you know, fun to talk about and kind of, you know, as a fan of, of it all, uh, 
talk about it all. So very exciting. And then, of course, Secret Garden, who who doesn't love that show? And to be in one of the first, if not the first production of the show since the passing of Lucy Simon, it, it, it means something. And what she had to say about, you know, Lucy kind of always being there with her now um, in, in this production as Lily, who you know sierra really the inspiration of her version of lily has always been lucy simon it was really cool to have that conversation with her and uh talk a little bit about you know what and know uh, have an insight into what lucy meant to her and the collaboration of this of all of this and to know their relationship uh between sierra and lucy before even you know everything happening and now she gets to do an actual like production of it it's got to be something really cool and, and the relationship that she developed with her during the developmental process of uh bringing the show back um it, it's just it was really really cool to hear and i thank her so much for sharing those stories um but yeah it was a fun episode and, and to talk to her about not only the industry and but to also talk about you know a uh, performance uh, performing in general and what it takes to outside of performing to you know keep your body in shape and keep yourself mentally and physically um in a good space uh you know and, and thinking of you know you've got to put yourself in the best scenario to do whatever it is you want to do at 100 percent. so um really great stuff here and i hope that you all enjoyed this week's episode and learned something from this week's episode as always um sierra thank you so much for coming on it was a pleasure i've never met sierra I think I've met her a couple times, but like I've never like actually like talked to her or anything. We never worked together, so it was really really cool to to get that opportunity today. So um, thanks again, Sierra, for coming on, and uh, thank you all for listening to this week's episode. Because as always, none of this would happen without y'all listening. So uh, thank you. I hope that you enjoyed it, and you'll check out uh, official Sierra Bogus on Instagram, and you'll also check out take about podcast on instagram and tiktok and whenever you get so uh yeah stay tuned for uh all these wonderful opening night interviews that we're doing uh there's a lot going on with broadway and all these opening nights so a doll's house parade you know the we're gonna get these things out as soon as we can here but uh know that we're working on it and uh we're gonna get it out as soon as we can and i'll leave you i'll let you all know and keep you all posted here but if you want the the live um you, if you want it sooner or you're just looking for you know some sort of entertainment uh stay tuned on our social media that's where you'll find the first updates of it all so um yeah thank you so much for listening and we hope to see you next week bye everyone have a great week for this episode's current call i would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow this podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kimberly Garris, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Lauren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And how about a bow for our executive producer, Chris Griner? And our final bow are extra special to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or go check out our YouTube where you can watch the episode. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on there as well. If you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us, you can do that at 
Take About podcast across all social media platforms. The music of this podcast was made by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by Giselle Bustos. And that wraps up this episode's Curtain Call. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.